Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. You did. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. We're back, Mrs. Fairbanks. Hi. It's been a minute since we podcasted, I feel like. A couple weeks. Yeah, we've been busy. We've been doing shit. Doing things. Doing things, yeah. We're recording for the first time in the new office. That's what we've been doing. Home improvement projects. Tell everybody a little bit of how, how, how you achieved your home improvement project. How I achieved it? Yeah. I did. Uh, we hired a dude to come and lay our floor. That's Be- how we achieved it. And because Amy obviously murdered someone for money and then oh. used that money to then buy her floor. No. Yeah, I did that shit on my own. That's why. My the, money. My money. Mm-hmm. Bitches. Mm-hmm. No, that's why I wanted you to be able to share it. Because that's a win. That's a really solid win mm-hmm. emotionally. Because there's been a thing that you've always kind of been dealing with. Which is the idea that you're not pulling your weight. Mm-hmm. No matter what I say. Mm-hmm. No matter how we all try and talk you off of that ledge. It's like, no. I need money. It's my money. Yeah. Well, I think it's perpetuated by other circumstances of people we know where it's like, Mm. if shit hits the fan, how am I supposed to stand on my own two feet? Yeah. Like if you die, if you go away, what, what do I do? I didn't, it was never in the cards for me to be a useless housewife that it's just my job to sit there and be pretty. Because it's never been a thing. So it's, I have to have stability. You got to be able to do shit. Yes. Because it's my nightmare that you're going to have a heart attack at 42. Because you have a a thing, a problem. We weren't going to talk about, it's very private. One out of every five. No, I don't have that problem. No. Um, No. Yeah. The hard thing. The hard thing has always made you worried. Yes. But and that, the, we've talked about it before in other episodes. But that's why I went. I go to the doctor, and I yes, no, I know. But I'm terrified shit. that you die and and leave you. And I put unnecessary pressure on Michael. That it's if your dad dies, like it's you have to take care of me. It was just healthy <laughs> for a ten year old. <laughs> I'm just trying to psychologically screw him up enough to know that when he grows up, he can't he can't fully leave me. Do you know who also had that happen to him? Norman Bates. Mm. And then he kept his mother. Yeah. Like in the home, dead, and would dress in her clothes and then murder co-eds. Well, I hope I'm not doing that. But Okay. I mean, you'll never know. I just... You don't know until it's too late and you're just sitting in a <laughs> rocking chair and he props you up and your weird mummified face up against the window. Oh, there's Mike's mom. Dressing in drag. No. I just, I put a strong emphasis on the fact that it's his job to grow up and marry someone that isn't a complete bitch that gives me grandbabies that I can. Well, I mean, I guess she can make cookies for. She can be a bitch. She just can't be helpless. That's definitely going to be a a hard thing. No, it's like, but it legit is a concern that I don't think, okay. 
it would be a concern for anyone. I don't get. So I have I have beef with the baby boomers for a lot of reasons, right? But one of them, and perhaps it's because it's a thing that hasn't happened, but it's like, did you guys just, you have for, completely forgotten the past. So you've forgotten what it's like to be a young parent because you have a whole lot of opinions about it as if you guys were perfect and we were the children of you and like, like my parents did a good job. But like I, their generation is just like, well, you know, when it's time that you teach your kids uh, to do their own laundry. Yeah, like my par- my parents never that. say that specifically, but it's like there's a lot of those opinions with their generation, and it's like, um, I legit never did my own laundry as a child, ever. Or it's they just they have a lot of opinions with like rose colored glasses on how they were as parents, and they have completely forgotten. Like a lot of my parent patients that come in and they talk about, oh yeah, well like the grandkids were over and they're just, you know, so unruly and just, we, we never allowed that as parents. It's right. like you had little boys the same way that your child has little boys and little boys are little boys. Right. And they're destructive monsters and they have been since the beginning of time. Right. Like, I don't know why you've forgotten that. Well, because they're destructive, because what's in their DNA, for sure, is to kill things and destroy things and to pull things apart and then attempt to put them back together. And the only way you learn that you can't pull some, So you're outside. You find an animal that you're obviously larger than. Most of the time it starts with an insect. You pull all of its legs off. Not because you're a sadist asshole. Because you are curious as to what will happen when you rip off all of its legs and then you learn uh, dice or I can't put the legs back on. It's like, oh, probably shouldn't do that next time. Or you attempt it and then it bites you. And you're like, ow, if I attack that thing, it'll bite me. Like this it is like the epitome of learning by doing. Is boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And girls for sure are like a fucking idiot over there. Yes. And they just watch. You're like, oh, he just got bit. What an asshole. But now she realizes you don't touch that thing either. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of learning. But this is why a lot more boys die. <laughs> right? right? I mean, this is like, this is why men die before women. It's always like some dude like, I wonder if we can hang glide off of the roof with the mattress. Yes. <laughs> but isn't it like Tesla? Like even these people that were like Nikola Tesla. Like, mm-hmm. jumped off of his parents' yes. barn with an umbrella. Yeah, the Who Was Nikola Tesla book for kids is awesome. Because yeah. it talks about him as a child and, like, how his family was just like, I don't know what to do with this kid. There's a PS problem. Right. And, and and think however you want about, um, like, the uh, scientists that are kind of, that have, like, a lot of fame nowadays. So you right. have, like, Bill Nye the Science Guy right. and Neil deGrasse, Gross Tyson, whatever. Right. It's. But one of our favorite quotes is definitely one that he shares, which is the idea of like stomping out kids' creativity. Like yeah. parents are the reasons why kids don't want to be scientists because mm-hmm. every single child is a scientist. Yes. Because the idea is like you're just going to experiment and mm-hmm. test things always, all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, Henry, why did you throw the eggs on the ground? I wanted, I wanted to see what would happen. It's like asshole. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, oh, I'm in trouble. Like, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. And but it's just, it's line. inquisitive minds. Right. But it's, 
So again, I've just noticed that the older generation is just has a lot of strong opinions about that. But mainly it's the idea of like, so they forget what it's like, but there just seems to be no planning for the next step at all where it's like, and again, like the new age thing, which is for the first time ever, they have a generation where they have raised kids. The kids are out of the house and now like they're having to raise their parents. Like they are caring for an aging population. Yeah. But it's just the decisions um, are not always the most thought out. Cause it's like, Oh, we're going to, when we retire, we're going to go to Florida or we're going to go to Arizona and we're going to go live on a beach somewhere. And it's like, okay, that's, that sounds good. But like, but then what? Like, you know, you're not, you don't want to see your grandkids. And what about your mother? Like your mother lives here in Wichita. Right. Like, what are you going to do with grandma? And it's just the decisions are not, thought out well what's Wait, it and it's um go ahead no i don't want to oh, no because i i forgot so what brought up the baby boomers and why i don't like them well i i know where you're at i know yeah. where we were before that but yeah. to finish this thought it's it is what's interesting about that is definitely like this we've talked a lot you and i recently a lot about like it's the idea of one you're choking to death wrong too yeah i'm sorry this has happened a lot lately like this is <coughs> get it out wrong too there you go so the thing we've been talking a lot about is this idea of like these old premises or ideas that got like perpetuated on one generation to the next. And for sure, the baby boomer generation is going to feel this so much harder than our generation because they were at retirement age in 0809. Yeah. <clears throat> like they were at the time where it was like, I know I got my retirement. Like I can work two more years and then I'll be good. And they literally watched their like 401ks, watched all their retirement savings go from like, I got $1.2 million in the bank. That's enough. It's what I've been planning and working on for 45 years. And then that that shit like dropped in the stock market. You watch people lose $500,000 because the stock market plummeted. And so what happened to them was that they were told this whole their whole lives. The more that I think about this, they're in so much worse of a position. Like we were, I guess it's it just depends on how you look at it. For our generation, it's it's we were told our whole lives, right? You need to go to college, you need to get a degree, and then you can get a good job. And then it was like, <laughs> psych. Like it was 0809. We're all graduating. Everyone's saddled with debt. And then we've talked about that a lot. And we, I guarantee we have some more episodes coming up that we'll talk about those concepts as well. But the boomers worked their entire lives Mm -hmm. with the concept that if you work, you can work at the same job. Mm -hmm. You work there for 30 years. You you get your pension, you get it, whatever. And what you saw, a lot of folks were like, they were getting fired. And now all of a sudden they had to re-enter the workforce. Why? Because they couldn't retire. Because their entire pension was gone. Yeah. And that was a whole Bernie Madoff thing. Right. And so that concept where you're at the end of your life and the whole deal, like that social contract that you had signed where like this is what we do and this is how it works out and this is how I finally get to go and be on the beach. I get to go to retire. I get to go down and be on Miami's, Mm -hmm. you know, fucking stretch. And that's where I live. And it's like, no, you don't. You actually get to stay in Wichita. Mm -hmm. And it's, so the one thing, so those two lessons 
for sure fuel something that we have felt so strongly because we do have people that were around us that like just that died yeah or folk and we were just like how in the world i don't like everyone wants to wait we're like someday right someday like yeah, just a little bit longer like when we get to the next thing when we get to the next phase of our lives we'll be able to do what we want to do we'll be able to do this we'll be able to do this when we're empty nesters when this happens it's like there's no guarantee that we ever get there which definitely is what fuels like your concern which is like it's you just go one day and then never come back because you're dead yeah and it's mm. like wouldn't it, like live your life now it like is, do what you need to do now but don't have everything well, just I, sit and wait and maybe and perhaps bar. that's why they're such angry assholes all the time is they're super opinionated about things, but it's like, and and that I think so. Like the boomers and the millennials have the most beef, sure. which is in, I mean, and we are their children. Again, so they think the millenn like millennials people think are just kids, well, and it's like no, yeah, guys, we have moved past that. Millennials are us. Millennials are mid to late thirties down to mid to late twenties. Right, like we are adults now. Yeah. And they just think, oh, no, these millennials are just kids and just ruining everything. Yeah, millennials all of a sudden now becoming like this 35-year yeah. stretch of people. Would, it's not, right? No. The new 18-year-olds. But they hate – and they just – they hate the decision. Just like, God, you guys are just elitist assholes that think everything should be handed to you. Which they're not wrong in a lot of respect. And you're just whiny bitches. Mm-hmm. But it's – How do you feel about Gen Z? Yeah, no. Like, but here's the difference. Here's the difference. Right. Because I always think of like, so like Bill Maher. Bill Maher is a boomer. And I like Bill Maher in a lot of respects, but he shits all over the millennials and he looks at it in that way of just like, they're worthless pieces of shit. And granted, he's had people on his panel that'll be like, actually, like I work with these people. Now, granted, they're not credited because they're like working at USC, which is like, that's not the real world, you guys. You're 19, 20 year old upper echelon elite Californians are not the rest of the world. So it's not representative. But he's had people on the panel just be like, no, actually, like everyone shits over this younger generation that like they're worthless pieces of crap. And it's like, they actually care a lot, care a lot about things. And they want to change the world and they want to whatever, which is said every generation ever. Of course. But it's the boomers that just are they're angry like they just sense because it's just like no we didn't have choices we had to go work in the mill and you just have to deal with it and that's the way it is and then you get to the end of your life and then you lose everything and now you have to work at fucking lows yeah yeah it's like um what if we don't want to do that right but that's what i think that it's and of course they're not going to have this perspective of like you figure as a younger person looking at that generation and not experiencing that, you would think that that generation would say, look, do be, be rebellious, find something that you love, question things. If you don't like doing it or you don't want to do it, then find something that you want to do because this is what happens. Cause we didn't have choices. And now, you know, we were just always told that it's like, you just put your nose to the grindstone and you do your work and then you get to go sit on a beach in Florida when you retire. And that's not the case. Right. But they, you know, it's, you figure that they would be supportive of the younger generation being like, I don't know if I really like that. Like, I think I want experiences. Right. Like, you think they would be supportive of that and they're assholes about, it. I get it because they're disgruntled and they're whatever. 
but it's it's the opposite but but it that but it it, it makes a lot of sense of where it's just that that kingdom of salt yeah. that they live in of just being so angry at the idea because it was like well that wasn't an option for us yeah and instead of that being pissed about like that was the circumstance and, and but the next here's gener- like but, but the next generation sees that and goes i don't want to do that yeah. because it's <clears throat> because it is what it is because it is what kind of coming back full circle of where we started where you're like you're not thinking this through like your whole plan has always been to get out of Wichita, to get to your house in Florida, and to then be able to enjoy, build your pool, enjoy the beach, enjoy whatever, right? Frivolous sex at the villages just above Ocala, right? Freaking ridiculous, right? by the way. Look, Google that shit. Yeah. The villages, Florida. Gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. Yeah. Maybe. Put that shit in. Anyway, it's <clears throat> that's always been the plan, but what they weren't prepared for is that what they didn't realize is that when they were little and they were trying to do that, their grandparents died. Yeah. And what they didn't realize is that by the time they get that age, their parents haven't died yet, which means that they now need to be cared for. So are you leaving Wichita? Is your, is, are your aging parents, are they coming with you to now Florida for you to live out your dream? Mm-hmm. Is your dream to have your mother-in-law in living in your house? Yeah. Angry at you? Yeah. And then putting them in a home? <clears throat> like it's, cause that's what actually we're seeing is what happened yeah. is that they waited all this time to live their dream and maybe they get five years of their dream. And then what happens is that their family needs help. Or their which kids. is more common. It's what was experienced in our family is they're just the the health they can't right no, like my dad it. can't get around anymore that, and that's your what dad up. has heart failure and like it's they need help and they need help so not only do our parents need help but sometimes their parents are still alive yeah. and so, and more times than not what we see is for sure the uh the millennial mm-hmm. generation doesn't have any money mm-hmm. they can't live on their own mm-hmm. they can't afford it so they're also living in the house so it's like has that been the dream for 40 years yeah, no. like that's and that's where it's like pump the brakes and definitely will bring us back to where we were starting but this idea of, of that beef of one generation looking at the next and seeing what happened and being like i don't want to do that is definitely where it is for you it's like i'm looking at other people's circumstances their situations mm-hmm. and saying i don't want to be caught being helpless no matter what the scenario is. Well, and this comes back because it reminded me completely full circle of the, like the, it's joking, right? Love like Michael, it is your job to take care of me and have your 4.2 children live in like the house next to me. And like, it's all these. I think you have those numbers backwards. What? No one's having 4.2, 2.4 maybe. Oh, my children will have it. I've demanded a dozen grandbabies. Jack so said he, he'll get you a dozen cats. Yes, I know. Yeah. We're working. That's why it's a 4.2 average. I've averaged in <laughs> Jack's lack. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's it's goofy. But again, thinking about like seeing what's happening and like the boomers like forgetting or like it seems like they're not thinking things through, which of course, as we've discussed this whole time is, is not completely accurate, but it's you know, between patients or personal experiences I've seen or friends, it's when it comes to especially having boys, again, I've said this a million times of like when they grow up and they leave, right? It's that their job, your job as a parent, as a mother, 
becomes finalized when they no longer need you. And like, there's so many cases where it's, they are getting married to someone and the girl, I mean, it takes two to tango on both ends, but like there are some, some dudes we know that are married to like psychos and Nana comes in and like tries to give the kids fruit loops and the wife goes ape shit. And it's like, your mother's never allowed to see my kids again. And sure. like they, and it's just like, that is literally my nightmare. Right. That it's like I do things that I think I'm doing the best job as a mother and I do for my kids. Right. And then the what is the next generation going to do? We're already at like the – unless you're feeding your kids organic kale chips. Yeah. That there's a prop – like it's – and that's – and I think it is. It's so humbling it has to be as a grandparent that it's your kids grow up. Like you raise your kids and you do what you think is – the best job possible and nobody wants to look back and be like i actually i was a really shitty mom or like i could have done this better i worry about like that goes through my mind all the time that's why i'm like i want one more baby john because like i could do it better like i know like there's a lot of things that like i just i struggled with Mm -hmm. when they were infants like i could do it better like i I got it this time right so i think about that but then once they leave It's like, okay, the things that I've done were the things that I've done and they have made it to this point. So you continue to do those things as a grandparent Mm -hmm. and then you have some bitch that's your son's wife that's like, actually, you're a terrible person and you're never allowed to see the grandkids again. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess this is... This is reality now. This is reality now and there's Mm -hmm. not a goddamn thing I can do about it. But it's, again, it's trying, it's, it's a mix being in this middle ground where it's, you have the boomers and you have this generation that it's like, God, you guys are assholes to us. Like you've forgotten what it's like to be a young parent. There's no sympathy Mm -hmm. for us. You just are super judgy about the fact that apparently I haven't taught my eight-year-old how to do his own laundry and like drive to work yet. So I'm failing in that respect. Right. And that you have a lot of you look through things through rose colored glasses about how things were when you were parents and how you did it better and you did it the right way. And I'm trying my damnedest and that's really hard to hear. So it's trying to be in that moment and remembering of like, God, they made me feel this way as a young parent. How can I not do that when I'm the grandparent? Yeah. Just be fucking supportive. Yes. Like, but then it's like, but then I can only imagine where it's like, if I do get a daughter in law Mm -hmm. that, only allows the kids to eat things that came from somewhere that didn't cast or a shadow. Or it's like a complete psychopath or, or is worse, like is, is abusive or is sure. n- um, neglectful or is like, how do I bite my tongue as a parent? Like, how do I support that? Like if she, because again, again, I don't want to go into too many of personal stories, but like we know some we things. We have details. We have, we have examples of what you're kind of talking about. So right. What where if it's that just like, God, the kids, like they're, they're not good. Like mom is not a good mom. Yeah. They're not being cared for. They're not being cared for. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you support your son in his decision to marry this person? Mm-hmm. But like the kids are like, it's, it's those I dare moments. say you just keep the door open to your home and make sure that they're always, because the more that they're at your house, the more time that they're not being neglected because you know that they're there. The no. reality is, is that that does mean that you're signing up to not live your dream. And right. That's, and and, and that's, again, it, those are perpetuation of just 
but the shitty life that you live. Yes and no. But yeah, but I mean, that's one of the issues of like, it's, that's why it's don't wait to go vacation. Yeah. Don't wait to whatever your thing is, to go on the cruise, to go hiking, well, to, do, to do whatever. To do what you want to do. What, just do, if you did that. Now. Throughout your life at different moments in different times and made that a priority and had that kind of that balance opposed to like it's team no sleep, grinding, whatever it is, all the bullshit that we hear nowadays where it's like, well, I'm just going to grind it out and then I'll be able to get where I want to be. It's it's you have to kind of try and have that balance because what you wanted 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Think about what you wanted 20 years ago. It doesn't. It's not the same. But it's that's not going to be what it is. So that's by time. It's when you get older, when you become a grandparent, it may have always been the goal, which is I want to retire. Your parents are a great example. I want to retire and I want to live in my house in Florida. And period. sit with my things. And sit with my things and water my plants. Yes. And whatever, right? But now for sure, for your mom, it's I just want to be by my grandbabies. Yeah. Well, guess what? That wasn't the plan 20 years ago. Right. But now Things that's evolve. the thing. So it's like it's I don't I don't want to go. I I don't fucking care. I don't I don't care. I don't care about any of that anymore. This is what I want to do. And the problem is is that if you and your like you and your spouse or whoever you're working on this goal, this dream with, it's like this was always the dream. Yeah. And it's like yeah, but I don't want to do that anymore. And I think yeah, but I think it's and especially for my dad, I think it's like he needs that check mark. It's oh, like yeah. no, this is the dream, and we built the house. And I'm not and even it's saying. Like, and I'm not even saying that that's your dad. Right. No. For sure. But they're like, I think I like, and I can understand that a little bit. And again, it's the boomers, like the more that I learned, it's like they, they were fucked up because they have changed so many things. Yeah. We're like, generationally speaking, like things were a certain way for a while. And then the dudes, these hard dudes come back from war and are cranking out four, five, six kids. Mm-hmm. Hence the term, the baby boomers, right? And so our parents' generation grew up in these families with a shit ton of kids that apparently is, it's convoluted. It's like, oh, the good old days when we were kids. But then it's like, but yeah, we had to, we had to live without, and we were lucky to have Mm -hmm. those peas on our plate. Like it's, it's, it's such convolution in their minds of like, it was the good old days, but like we suffered. Remembering the days that never were. Right. And then, but then like, it's then they grow up and like, they change all the shit women's yeah. lib and like the, the the first time in history where both parents are working outside the home and it became about things right keeping up with the joneses has been a thing for a while but like the the boomers like were like hold my beer because they had two people finally working in the home so then we're talking they're raising kids in the 80s and in the 90s right and then it's it became from like the good old days when we had to live without and we were happy to have whatever to like we're a family of You're four. You're skipping Gen X though. Gen X are those children, but Gen X are not the children of boomers. Is Gen X maybe early boomers? Early bo- like because the boomers are what the mid to late forties through like nineteen sixty, right? Your parents are not the boomers, correct? I'm talking about my parents. I'm oh, yeah. talking my parents you're a baby. Fit, my parents fit in between. Yes. The boom <clears throat> boomer and the Gen, Gen X generation. Right. For sure. But I'm talking. No, I got I think you. most of the people that are my friends, it was their parents are born sometime between the 40s and the 50s. Yeah. Right. I hear that. And they're raising kids. Fine. From the 70s into the 80s. Right, right, right. 
into the 90s, whatever. But it became like, uh, it became a hold my beer thing because it's, we're a family of four Mm -hmm. and we need a six bedroom house with a three car garage and... And it was in it was in tandem with like the the technology going crazy. So it right. became from like we're gonna have the TV to like my kid has a TV in their room and we have a TV in our room and and and, and the nicest car. So it's and for sure like I think my dad has this a little bit where he likes things, yeah, and he wants the nicest things. And I think for him and other ones I know that I've seen from from watching it's like they get like it's all you're going through the midlife crisis when you get the Corvette when you're 50 right but I think for those dudes it's like no I went without so long as a kid we had to share all of our goddamn stuff that's why we only had two kids max right. and they each had their own room because I didn't want to you know I had to share one room with four brothers exactly. and it sucked and it's like they did everything the opposite mm-hmm. and-, and it's no I'm getting the Corvette because my life has been shit and that has always been the goal they have deserve this exactly it's things because we were without things Mm -hmm. and again it's it's always pendulum swings but it's like they look back at the the 40s and 50s as the good old days because it was experiences it was we had the fun family vacation sure that was six weeks long where we went out west and there were kids in the neighborhood and we played ball and we went to the they had the experiences but they didn't have the things but they didn't have the things so they grew up and it's we want all the things that's what our money our buying power is going to be all the things in consumerism and now we're pendulum swinging back because to millennials and gen z which is just like you just we, we live in tiny homes and we really just don't want a lot of materialistic things we just we would love to like go on safari like the, the experiences right. have gone from like the family picnic to like oh yeah we want to go backpacking through europe like the the sure. experiences are ridiculous but and and it also is the pendulum swing which is i no longer want fast fashion yeah and i want a patagonia shirt oh and all the things yeah that is because we're growing up because again from my parents generation my dad talks about roger was brown and i was blue right. in the start of every school year we got two pairs of pants and two shirts and mom would have to patch that if we ruined it and that's all we got and so what does patagonia do we'll teach you how to patch your clothes right and it's like but that's what i'm saying is we grew up Mm -hmm. which is just abercrombie and fitch and it's you could buy an entire new wardrobe every season and going to the mall they was the thing to do. They made seasons in between seasons. Oh, yes. Spring yeah. one and spring two. I worked <laughs> in American Eagle Outfitters for four years. It was spring one. It was spring trans. Spring one, spring two. Amer- yeah. The trans movement started yeah. with American Eagle. Yes. Spring trans was tra- Okay. Yeah. Look what you've done. Transition is what that meant. Um, that is anti-trans. I know. I thought that. That's, yeah but we went from that to now right. millennials and being having the tiny houses like i don't need closets I in need fact one. i would like one blue shirt please yes i need one blue patagonia shirt that uh-huh. i will pay 500 dollars for yep that will last me yeah. a lifetime. i need one pair of shoes mm-hmm. yeah. but for sure you fall in that oh, I, 100, 150% why because i had a my closet was insane well you're when f- i was a youth it's your mother has a hoarding problem for sure like there's clothes like, that they've literally from... kept for 40 years that no longer fit, but like they're in the closet. And the tags are on. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's insane. And so definitely those pendulum swings back and forth. And so speaking of a pendulum swing, cause this is a good thing to do the back half of the episode on you and I were talking about it in the car yesterday, maybe the day before. Um, it was this idea of pendulum swing when it comes to what people are capable of doing. And so now we're talking like physical, the, the, the ability to physically do certain things and this idea of like the social contract in which we all kind of live in when we live in a community. Mm-hmm. And so we, it, we were talking about oftentimes comes up, which is the idea of like what's happening in schools and what would be like lessons that either we didn't learn when we were in school or lessons that we wish we had learned. And so we were talking about this idea that stemmed from lessons that truly I've heard it every once in a while. I think we even had it in one of the schools that I taught at or was at the military school when I was there, but it was like a life skills class. Mm -hmm. And it was this concept of like, okay, what would should be in a true life skills class. And we were just talking about like the idea of there are some principal basic things that people, all people should just know how to do. Well, and it's it's always stemmed from Maslow's hierarchy of need. And our most foundational need since the beginning of time is food, right. shelter, protection. So, so let's take it just at food because that started us where we were talking about, which was the idea of there are so many people now that cannot feed themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about it all the time of the idea of like people don't know how to cook, mm-hmm. but cooking is one step past what we're talking about right now just which the is the obtainment of food. of food yeah not so, even preparing the food it's just how do i get it that's, that's step it. one and it was this idea of like the inability to where like okay having the skill to feed yourself is one that not a whole lot of people have anymore mm-hmm. because we all agree right social contract wise we agree that there's going to be a grocery store there's going to be people that know how to grow food and they're mm-hmm. going to grow enough to feed the rest of us. Mm-hmm. That's the social contract. That's the agreement that we've made. The problem is, and what I think stemmed the conversation for us, which is if there's anything in the last two years now going on, mm-hmm. right, 18, 19 months, mm-hmm. is that the, the whatever social contracts that we have in place, have they don't of, fucking mean anything. Right. Like but, it's, they're not written in stone. And, and so like what happens when, well, let me explain, let me explain something of what you're talking about with the social contract, the idea it was like, and again, the last two years is if you think of like the hunger games. So if you took like the 12 kids, right. And you're essentially making an equal playing field more or less like in, like you're essentially you're establishing societal norms, but it's, if you put everybody in, it's like, okay, you have to survive. That's the goal. So you need food shelter protection right and if in food it's what do you need to do first you need to obtain the food okay how do you obtain that right so you have to figure out how to get food whether that's hunting whether it's fishing whether it's growing whatever it is you have to figure out how to get food and that's how we have lived for a long time yep in nomadic culture you had to you had to go you follow food get the food right and then we reached a point when it was like okay I'm not really good at obtaining food. So like, but you're really good at obtaining food. So the social contract became like, okay, you get the food. 
And then I'll do this thing over here mm-hmm. and like, we'll build a community and like, I'll, I'll work on this thing. And then you work on this thing. So then it was like, I'm the blacksmith and like, you're the farmer and you're the whatever. And we grew from there. And now we are in a point where it is, we have taken those social agreements <clears throat> and grown it into a society where it's, Grant the last two years have completely screwed it up, right? But it's, you have people that are completely helpless because it's that social agreement of just like, okay, you're now, you're really good at getting the food. And so you get the food and I'll go do this over here is we have, it's like, good, I don't have to worry. I've delegated that to you. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And it's never been a problem until imagine. And like, if it's the hunger games, if it's like, you're really good, John, at getting food. So you go hunt and get the food and like, I'll build the shelter or I'll care for the kids. And all of a sudden you die. That's essentially what has happened in the last two years is just shit. My lifeline for getting food and that social agreement that we had is now null and void. But what's insane about it is I, I would be willing to bet, and I don't have friend to look at this up or anything, but it's like I'd be willing to bet at no point would the blacksmith have stopped having mm-hmm. goats, chickens, or a garden. Well, I think like, like even the during- blacksmith for sure. Because I think the, the, the social contract that existed- was very in your face of like, okay, this is the agreement. Here's the farmer and here's the whatever. But they knew that that ship could like that shit could be flipped on its lid real quick. Cause all it takes is the farmer dies. The farmer gets sick and die or gets there's shot or there's drought, a horse or there's famine. There's right, whatever. There was extremes to where it's like, Oh God. Okay. He's in charge of the food. But like, right. I also need to have like a plan B because if he dies, I'm screwed. Yeah. I have to have a cow, but like, we I need to have something. We have transitioned into such a comfort in society that that is not a thing anymore. And I believe it's also, a, it's it transitioned into where we keep specializing. Yes. To where everyone wants to keep specializing, which there's no problem with that, right? As you niche down and as you find different niches where you can go in, you can help and do whatever, it's you keep specializing to the point to where you never have generalized. And this is where like, it's like, why does everyone have to learn fucking geometry? It, it, to me, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but that's a standard. Algebra and geometry, everyone's getting it. Mm-hmm. Like that is a requirement to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Which is stupid. Which is dumb. Because you – like and, and what I mean by it being dumb is that it's – that course holds no bearing on your ability to eat. Yeah. Or to have the, just the basic needs met. And, and that's where for me it's like it's – we are taking this idea of generalization and we are now generalizing our knowledge that actually isn't going to be stuff that is helpful whatsoever. And I believe and I believe that because we no longer prioritize what's important yeah, and we it, – what it does is it makes everyone from from very small if you don't have this – correction that's personal in your own homes Mm -hmm. that what it does is it makes you 150 percent reliant on the machine well and that's what i think we've moved so far up the maslow's hierarchy needs and again tying in like the beef between the boomers and the millennials or what the whatever it's like our generation for sure is gen z lives so far up on the maslow's hierarchy of needs of like how do i feel today and like 
you know, the self-reflection and like, what do I want to do with my life? Like all these things are at the upper echelon of that pyramid, right? Yeah. And for boomers, it's like, bitch, you need to eat. They, they, they reach, they pinnacled on like the second and third level, right? But it's, we have gone so far up the pyramid that we have negated the foundation of just survival. But it's, that's why I think our generation for sure has beef with, and it's why we are turning education somewhat on its head because I think for previous generations, it's, it's like you get on the big yellow banana in the morning and you go to school and you need to do good in school and school's important. And you know, the way school was, is just when I grew up, it's just, you're going to learn some things. And we went through that system and we're like, no, this is awful. Because it because worked for, it worked for them. The social contract made sense for them to do that. Right. And that's, we can't go too much into that because that's, of course, the education episode. But it's like essentially it's the, the education's job in that respect fulfilled that generation mm-hmm. of going to work in these blue collar primarily jobs, which are great and important and needed and strongly needed right now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we pendulum swing to our generation where the goal is to go to college and to wear the white collar and to work in an office cubicle and to make – a million dollars a year, right? That's all that matters. So mm-hmm. we swing from wrench turners to lawyers, right? And now, because we're the adults and we're like, actually, everything that we did was awful because we're saddled with debt. And when we were in school, like the life skills class taught us shit. And geometry and algebra doesn't matter. Because it's the foundational skills, the life skills, the basic things. Because you hear that all the time of like, yeah, high school should teach you how to like balance a checkbook and like mm-hmm. how to do your taxes. And like, it's it's a cliche, but it's like that shit is real because – and that's what – again, it drives me nuts because the baby boomers love to shit on us of like you guys, you know, you just – like my mom laughs at me because I don't know how to sew a button. She's like, what do you mean you don't know how to sew a button? Like this is easy. And it's just like – I I would love to learn things. Like my mom has talent with the sewing machine mm-hmm. that blows me away. Like I would love to not have to buy my kids new pants and just be able to like mend that shit and have that knowledge and that skill set. Yeah. She has innate skill sets mm-hmm. that it's like, and I don't want to blame her. And it's like, well, you never taught me. But like for sure. Why that, didn't she teach you? That shit. Here's the thing. Why? Hold on. <clears throat> Why didn't she teach you? No, I'm asking you. I, I have no idea. Like we had to take like our life skills class, which is what it's called here, is family and consumer sciences. Facts. It's what um, Michael's elective would be if he I'm wasn't I'm almost 100% sure that that's what Tebow got his degree in. It's, yeah, family and consumer sciences. Yeah. But it was twofold. And you took it in your sixth grade year and then that was it. And half the year was cooking in which they taught us how to properly set a table like the good housewives right like like good like if you're a 1950 socialite and you have to have your boss's husband over for dinner how do you properly set a table how that, old, how that old was, was legit your... a test like you had to to do it properly the way that like sure how old was your teacher she was young but it just, these oh, really? were the standards. Yeah. Like okay. you had to do that. And then, so half the year and then you cooked. And that is a beneficial thing. Absolutely. Of teach, of like, 
the the place setting bullshit doesn't matter. Right. But like it was, you had to learn it because it was like tied into nutrition. Sure. And there was like five meals that, so like she would demo it and you'd learn about like carbs and proteins and whatever and like how to prepare a nutritious meal. And then you had to make it. So that was half the year. The other half of the year was sewing. And the sewing teacher was like best friends with my grandma, was the same teacher that my mom had. Right. She was 180 years old, bless her heart. Yeah. But she had a knowledge and you learned, and we didn't even learn sewing. It was embroidery. So we learned how to embroider a pillow. That was your final. Okay. You had to draw, like make what you wanted on your pillow. And there was like seven stitches that you had to learn. And your final exam was to create the pillow using the seven stitches. She taught me something. Like I, it's a little bit like the clarinet Mm -hmm. where it's like, I could probably pick it up and there would be some things that would come back to me a little bit. Sure. So like there was a skill, but for my mom... Because my, my mom went to school, went to college, she never graduated, but like for fashion design. Like right. that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a fashion designer. Her and her sisters, because my grandma so was a seamstress and the, my grandma's entire basement up until the day she died was filled with material yeah. and stuff. But it's so my mom had this knowledge, but never passed it on to me because it was like, I, I don't know if it's just like, they don't need this. The, this is an important whatever. Right. But it's so like the facts, it seems stupid that like I learned how to set a table and I learned how to embroider. Mm-hmm. But now as I am an adult, I wish I knew how to use a sewing machine. Cause yeah. again, it's especially we're going back in the idea of COVID and like the last two years taking social contracts and like throwing them in a fire and putting gas on it. Uh-huh. It's for sure at the beginning of the pandemic, when legit, it was like, I, I don't know if the world is ending. Like, is this is this the zombie apocalypse, John? You need to go get the guns out of storage, like, just in case. Yeah, get some more ammo. Right. Yeah. Is, it was, how like, how primitive do we need to go? Mm-hmm. Like, is the world going to burn down? And it hasn't, but for sure, the constant problems just the last two years. Like, it's a complete shit show of negativity. Yeah. And I think overwhelmingly people have learned how reliant they are on things that are now all of a sudden not certain. It's just, I get my meat from Kroger and now, and I always have been my entire life and that's never been a thing. And now all of a sudden this is a problem and there's no meat. And what do I do if there's no meat? Like it's, it's caused people to have to very strongly reassess the basics, and oh, yeah. it has taken us from that top of the pyramid back down a few notches. But for sure, there are just things that I think our generation especially is just like, we feel like we have just like had the wool over our eyes on a lot of things because it's just, we did go to college and we have advanced degrees and we're saddled with debt mm-hmm. and we're in jobs that we hate. And I don't know how to sew a button and that makes me feel real bad because I wish that I had some skill set and some knowledge to do basic things because if the world does burn down yep, and I am responsible for my family mm-hmm. and for the basics, it's okay. Do I know how to grow food? Do I know how to build a shelter? Do I know how to use the materials that are around me to like to mend and 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 keep because the idea of consumerism of just like if I don't if this breaks I'll throw it away and get a new one 
Now that social contract is being disrupted because there's supply shortages. And like, I don't know if Old Navy's going to run out of sweatshirts. Like, and my kids need a sweater to stay warm. Like, it's all these ridiculous thoughts. But for sure, for the first time in our lives, yeah, the button has been pushed hard as like a hard stop. Yeah. Of their supply shortages and the world is falling apart. And the things that we have always done, you know, everyone's freaking out because it's there's going to be no toys at Christmas. What are we going to do? How are we going to buy things? Like it's things that we've never had to worry about. Now, because of how intricate our social contracts have been and how hands off we have been from our own fundamental ability to survive. Yep is now coming back in our face. Let me take you on a journey. Oh, God. So let's go back, right? Let's go past the boomers. And let's go to the generation that fought World War II. Bless them. Right? The greatest generation. Indeed. So the government at that time, right, realizes that everybody's got to double down and they got to feed the war machine. Mm -hmm. Right? Everything. And so to, to... to beat the Nazis. And the reality is, is that what we see happen across the board, which is everything that the government has in order to be able to feed its people can no longer feed its people. It's not enough. Yeah, It's got to feed the army and it's got to feed the military and we got to feed other people's militaries. And so it becomes like a massive movement, right? And this is stuff you can Google and we've talked about it before, especially when we've talked about our chickens. And this is the stuff that we learned as we started but people not like people we learn like victory gardens that's what i'm and, saying and is so but but you you learn maybe about victory gardens in school mm-hmm. but for sure i never learned that it was like uncle sam was propaganda of if you don't have two chickens you are not doing your part like you hate this country to fight the war right, right. and so the idea of like pushing people to become more self-reliant self-reliant so because the government cannot sustain them exactly right and so what ends up happening then is that then you have the boomer generation that comes out of those families that come yeah. back from World War II and give birth to the boomers. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is that as the boomers age, go through the system, go through the school system, they're continually, continuously taught how to specialize, right? And this is to feed our machine, the government's machine overall which is going to be working in factories and turning out a profit, et cetera, et cetera. And allowing those things become, um, we can run those more efficiently because we are building up a massive workforce. And what happens is, is that the folks that come to power realize that they have this massive workforce, but we're also becoming more globalized due to massive world wars, right. which allows them to be able to find cheaper labor overseas and this is definitely what your dad experiences Mm -hmm. gets laid off right all sorts of horrible things we have factories that close around the world or here in the u.s and get outsourced what ended up happening though for that generation of people is that they were told to specialize 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 Mm -hmm. which means to in order to be able to help run the machine for our economy and this now becomes the social contract which is you early on the the generation that went and fought world war ii knew how important and how vital it was to be able to feed yourself to mend your clothing 
to sew, to do all the things. To take care of your shit. To just to take survive. care of your shit, right? To just be able to essentially homestead. And this does not mean everybody wasn't working on goddamn farms. No, but it People was just People were in, already in cities. I mean... But like cooking was not like a... Well, how do you do it? It's like no, it's just it was done. People, and people knew how to do and, it, and because grandma taught you, and yeah. and and communities were there, and that's and that is what you did because you had to do that skill to survive, right? And as that evolved, right, as it became, it was no longer beneficial for the government to have people be that self reliant, and so as factories grew. So did government support of government-backed farming, right? So let's just let's stick with the example of the chicken and egg example. The government says you no longer need to have chickens. What are you hillbillies? This mm-hmm. is why we're we're we're, we're advancing. Advanced. Yeah, we are becoming more progressive. You just can't have, and in fact, now new laws get passed that don't allow you to have chickens in apartments mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. Even though there's lots of argument and lots of examples of how, right, if you can have a parrot, you can have chickens. Right. Like it's one of those things, but it doesn't matter. But as the government, and what the government then did is that it backed certain farms to then have, receive money. And then what did they do? They specialized. So all they have. Monocropping. Exactly. So we see the rise of monocropping that happens. And that's on the agricultural side, which has a whole nother thing of, of, of GMOs and all that other mm-hmm. stuff that became comes more interesting. But sticking with our chicken example, now no one has to have chickens. And your dad is a specialized knob turner, mm-hmm. right, for the steel mills. And that's mm-hmm. what he becomes specialized in. He made he, plates, steel plates. Okay. So I didn't know that. So he does a very specific skill that eventually gets outsourced and he no longer has a job. Mm-hmm. But your mom also ends up becoming like, well, I don't need to worry about sewing or farming or any of these things. And she, mm-hmm. But she does find that she really loves design. She's going to go do that. But as costs become more expensive, as things grow, your mom also needs to work. Mm-hmm. So your dad and your mom are both working. Mm-hmm. And, but I, and I think which sorry. doesn't give her the time to teach you the skills that were once taught to her mm-hmm. so you don't know how to sew a button not because it wasn't important there wasn't time the priority wasn't there mm-hmm. because why would I teach you to sew a button when clothing has become so inexpensive anyway yeah. we can now afford shirts but for some reason, everything clothing-wise became infinitely more affordable, but everyone still had to work. And it was because the reliance of being able to do the other things became so much greater to be able to rely on the machine that the social contract started getting like all these amendments, all yeah. these things started getting added to the social contract, which people I don't think fully realized what that meant to their ability to take care of themselves, period. Mm-hmm. And so you – and talk about like the pendulum swinging. So we go from the greatest generation from World War II where they're very capable of taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. The next generation says, we don't have to do that. We're progressing. Mm-hmm. Society's becoming more advanced. I don't have to be a farmer. I don't have to take care of these things. Mm-hmm. My food will always be taken care of for me, which that lie – continues to be perpetuated by the government propping up certain farms Mm -hmm. 
And pushing consumerism. Advertising dollars. Without a and, doubt. Yeah. And the importance of consuming. Do your duty. Yes. Right. Black Friday. All these things that become very important, which is like it's if you have money in your pocket, you are hurting society. Right. Oh, well, yeah. That's an important part, too, that it's it's your and that the reliant for sure, because my dad for sure has that where it's like, I need to to do this because to help Susie down the street, keep her job as the waitress. It's like like for, for sure that that is a thing. And that's the whole idea. How does the government handle stimulating the economy? What does the government always do when they talk about that they need to stimulate the economy? What do they do? They write checks. They give us money. Yeah. And what do they want us to do with that money? Put it in our savings account? Right, right. No. They want you to go spend it. They want you to go buy, consume, 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 consume. And so instead of those skills, so what happens is that the skills to take care of your shit ends up going almost by the wayside to the point where it's non-existent. Our reliance upon the machine rises at the exact same time while also costs, strangely, in certain sectors go down and others go way up mm-hmm. and we're very, very reliant to where now everyone has to work. Everyone has to do those things and we no longer have basic life skills because the government has said, hey, we've got you. Yeah, We are making sure eggs are incredibly affordable. They are 49 cents a dozen, yeah. 39, 65 cents a dozen, whatever it is. Eggs are insanely, insanely inexpensive. And it's like, you don't want chickens. Do you realize how expensive that is? And in fact, there's like laws and stuff where you can't have very many or you can't do this. You can't do that. Meanwhile, they are subsidizing farming or making it very advantageous to outsource it. Right. So continue to move forward. It never becomes a problem until it's a problem. Yep. And what we end up seeing in the last 18 months is as the social contract, which there are certain societies or there are certain sections of society that has been calling bullshit on this social contract for quite some time. Talk to black people. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, and the, the South, like the South has some history that's like some taint, like there's some, there's some shady shit, right? But if, if any, but like there's no, and granted, I err on the liberal side on a lot of things. Indeed you do. But if there's anywhere in the country I want to live. It's somewhere in the South for the sheer reason that the amount of people that call bullshit on like the government. That's it. Is in the South. Like those bitches can take care of themselves. Because they learned. Yeah. That the government. We're not going to argue slavery. Yeah. Slavery's bad. Yes. You okay. shouldn't own people. Good. We've now moved that out of the way. Yes. What the What the South ended up having happen. Was that the government came in and told them. Yeah, a lot of overreach. That they weren't allowed. To to do things. The way they had always done that allowed them to feed their family. Again, Mm -hmm. we're not arguing whether it's good or bad. Right. Right. It's bad. But just objectively speaking. Right. But that's what they had happen. Mormons are another stock of people Mm -hmm. that experienced this. Mm -hmm. Mormons wanted to have a bunch of wives. Mm Mm-hmm. People weren't really hip to Mormons showing up shop and marrying all their women Mm -hmm. and then also like essentially depressing and destroying whatever area that they all decided to settle. They would just completely annihilate their economy. Because Because they'd only do business with other Mormons. Exactly. They come in a massive hive-like mentality. They're like locusts. They are. They but that's, that shit has, was learned. Oh, well, right? yeah. That we don't intermesh within society because... Because it becomes a problem. Right. And so what ends up happening is that the government constantly was going after them. 
They continuously move west, which means they're continuously trying to stay on the border of of the United States yeah, yeah. to the point where they finally just go to Mexico yeah. and say, fuck off. We're going to do what we want to do, and we're going to settle in the middle of fucking nowhere, and that's where they're going to end up, and that's where they're going to be. So you have these examples of people that for sure are going to have massive mistrust of the government mm-hmm. for reasons. Yes. Legit and, reasons. And that is for sure where where you see it's like, okay, when the government – so so COVID is happening. It's happened, right? And the government overreach becomes very intense, which is now they're losing workers, right? The social contract is being t- either strained to the point where either it's tearing. So again, so the social contract is starting to tear and being strained. Where no one was real, so people were, right? Especially conspiracy theorists forever are always kind of challenging like the status quo. And you have people that definitely call bullshit, right? Social contracts being being strained and challenged for sure have been a thing within the African-American community, which is the social contract is that we pay taxes, mm-hmm. which means that we no longer have to have standing armies or militaries or bodyguards within our home mm-hmm. because we're supposed to have police that help us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just kidding. Mm-hmm. Because if you're black, you don't have that. It's not the same Someone experience calling, as a tax-paying white person. Period. Yeah. Like, and you can't fucking argue that. Yeah. Is that if you tell someone, if if you are getting into a tiff with someone and you're frustrated with them mm-hmm. and you need to call the cops, mm-hmm. telling someone that they're, who's black that you're going to call the cops is totally mm-hmm. different than you saying that to a white person. Yes. Because you are bringing the death squad. Yep. And it doesn't matter how you feel about that, good, right, wrong, whatever, is sadly, that that is the reality. And if it's not reality, it's sure as shit what's being shown a lot in the media. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting thing to argue, not argue, debate, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But the point of this statement is that social contracts have been getting strained for quite some time. But what we just saw happen and are still experiencing is... Across the board, everyone is experiencing, like, at one time, globally, like, what the fuck is going on? And so this is what's so crazy. That's it, right? Like, what are you you talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean that there's no milk Mm -hmm. at the store, but I'm hearing about the fact that you, the government is forcing dairy farmers to pour milk out Mm-hmm. into the ground mm-hmm. what do you mean there's no meat or the meat is so goddamn expensive that it's becoming unaffordable that's what's happening right now but now i'm hearing that the government is making meat processing plants and farmers kill their animals mm-hmm. and not use the meat what are you talking about like that doesn't make any goddamn sense one thing that's interesting is that if you look at the red meat thing right now what is it tied to? Why is it that red meat is becoming so expensive? Start looking at it. So I'm not going to go into it, but it seems to be really, really interesting tied to climate change. There's an interesting argument right now that is really spearheading this thing of like red meat becomes more expensive because it's not very sustainable and it's bad for the environment and bad for the, the planet. 
Look at, I'm just saying, right. start to look at that. I it's not a conspiracy thing. My point no, is. That's what's being perpetuated. Right. It's not accurate. But meanwhile, but, the government still props up that monocrop mentality mm-hmm. of farming for meat. And so what you end up having to happen is you have so many people that start to say, well, then this is just bullshit then. Then let's just cut out the middleman. Well, who's the middleman in all of this? It's the government, government. wanting you to consume. People go, well, then I'm just going to stop going to the store because we don't have enough money or things are totally out of whack. And I'm either just going to go directly to the farmer. I'm going to do these things differently. I'm going to start changing my habits. And the government goes into a massive, massive motion of stimulating the economy, putting money back in. And they want you to be able to return to go to the and machine return, and return to the machine. Just along this thought exercise is this idea of why is it so important for everybody to get vaccinated? So they can get back to work. Let people get back to work. For sure, that's a piece that that for sure that, that, that Biden and everybody is going to come out and say. And I'm not saying that, that you don't want people to not die. You don't want all these other things that are very, very positive that the vaccine can come. But it was a curious thing. Is that why were people not allowed to work? What was the reason for people not being able to work when everything hit the fan? The, the government closed the goddamn economy. The government closed places, deemed certain people non-essential and certain people essential. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, we definitely had podcasts at the time where we were like, what's really fucked is that like it's the local restaurant can't stay open but like applebee's is open Mm -hmm. or the local hardware store is closed but walmart is open Mm -hmm. why are they essential that doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense that i can go buy bathing suits at walmart but i can't buy the bathing suit from the local small business Mm -hmm. like this seems weird that this is happening Mm -hmm. and that's all my point is on this one thing you could there's lots of angles to look at it but what's curious is that it's where the larger entities that were getting propped up continued to be able to stay open. So the social contract now almost became stronger to well, become it's, reliant. It's as, yeah, it, it's like the government showed their hand. That's it. And that's what everyone is, is start, that's why everyone is so frustrated, disheartened, overwhelmed, all these negative things, because it's just like, God damn it. Like, and again, but it's, it's, it's the doubling down on, but they've, they've shown what they essentially care about because people started these social contracts that everyone had the wool over their eyes, so to speak. And it's just, okay, this is how society works. Um, so we're so far up on the hierarchy of needs that i don't have to worry about the basics anymore Mm -hmm. i just these things come from these places and that's what we have socially agreed upon and that's fine and i now worry about these things and then everything shut down and it's like well wait i go to kroger to get the food and now i can't go into the kroger and they don't have the food that they had and like this is a problem And so people have had to start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then when they started to realize where it's like, well, wait, why? 
if you don't have it, then I'm, I'm just going to get like they, they realize that they have buying power, perhaps for the first time. Mm hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, if you don't have it, then I'm going to go here. Well, there was, it was like a division of people where some people were just completely helpless. And it's like, well, I guess we starve to death. I guess this is the end. And then you have people that was like, well, if you don't have it, I still need to get it. So now I need to figure out how to do it. Right. And it was kind of this, I don't want to say retroversion because. But it is. And now it's my point. Right. Is that it's retroversion having a negative like concept because it's not in the sense it's just like okay well if you don't have it and i still need it how did my great grandpa do it yes is i they the, and again i think everybody being home they had the ability to be introspective a little bit as opposed to just being cogs in the wheel and being a part of the machine which is just i wake up i go to work I grind it out all my money goes to this all my money goes to this and then we go the next night and then all of a sudden it's they're losing their jobs. They're stuck at home. They're starting to get hungry. The places don't have food. They're starting to put two and two together. And so they go back to just like, okay, well, I'll do these things myself. And the government's like, no, 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 no. Come back to the machine. And what You've- do they do? What does the media look like? Yeah. What businesses stayed essential? Liquor stores. Yeah. It's, what did it's, everyone do? But again, they hit? showed their hand, which yes. is just like, we're going to protect the Walmarts and the Targets. And the liquor stores in Virginia because they're staying up. Like all these things they're, are going to stay open because they're essential, right? Quote unquote. But everybody has been like, well, that's bullshit. And so. But they fo- never made it past. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. what what you did next was so important. And the problem is that if you got sucked into the void of what was there, of it's come back, see the problem, see what happens, see people are getting sick. People yeah. can't do this. You can't and have we'll your give own. You a, right. And we'll give you a bunch of money. We'll and we'll sugar, give you money to be able to. We're going to sugarcoat everything. See how wonderful we are? Because they really don't want you working. Yeah. They want you working. Like working is good. Yeah. But the reality is they what want they you found, reliant on the machine. They just need you spending. Yeah. Because the machine is what has run us now since, since World War II. And it starts. How do you indoctrinate people? Right. How do you start to change their habits, their thinking habits? Because for for good or for bad, the younger you can start, right, the more um, success you'll have. Mm -hmm. And so this is very much why. So bring it back to where this original conversation comes from, which is why is everyone being taught geometry instead of being taught how to fish, how to garden, how to hunt, Mm -hmm. how to cook, how to sew a button, how to sew a button. Right? Because those are things that are important Mm -hmm. that even if you don't want to continue, you don't want to be a hunter. You don't want to be a farmer. You don't want to do these things. At least you were exposed. Because that is the argument, right? For certain things within education, which is, well, people don't need to know algebra. People don't need to do this. People don't need to know fucking earth science and the stratosphere. People don't need to be exposed to these things. And people go, well, yeah, you got to at least expose because you're going to have kids that do want to be a scientist, do want to be a doctor. They do want to go fucking do whatever. But not at the negation of fundamental skills. Because the fundamental skills allows you to do things on your own. Mm-hmm. And that does not benefit the machine in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's not a priority. Yeah. Period. And so that is where it's, for for me, it's is, so what do you do about it? So what do you do about that fact? Because for me, that's a fact. And I don't see that changing. Now, you do have areas, obviously, in the South. 
You have areas where the local governments are going to really come together and fight it and say, you know what? No, we're going to have companies that are passionate about people knowing these things that are going to give money and give grants. So the local school here does have Project Grows, which is doing what? Teaching elementary and middle school age kids how to garden Mm -hmm. and the high school. So they have gardens now. They have chickens now. Yeah, and they use the food. They have the the food truck. That and comes my and, God, know. what do we see in local government? We see the goddamn fucking boomers coming out and trying to make that shit illegal. Legit in Waynesboro, yeah. Where we live, coming out and saying, "Well, this isn't right. This wasn't part of the dream. We're retro. We are retroverting in a negative way. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to be progressive. This is not the what we wanted our communities to look like." And it's like, bitch, you are late. To the party. Well, that's what it is. Is just the the dream that they had is that everybody needs to live in these big, beautiful white picket fence type of communities with big that, green lawns perfect, that are huge. Yeah, like that is the dream for the boomers. That is what they have envisioned in their brain of everybody pulling up in the Corvette with the perfect house mm-hmm. and the perfect things all aligned in a row. And the pendulum is starting to swing because now we have the buying power. Our generation is now has the buying power and we are their children. And we are like, this is all some bullshit. We don't want this. We don't want to have material things where we're reliant as heavily on the government. And they for sure are fighting it. We've experienced that personally. In in, firsthand. In in Waynesboro of people. And we're a small rural town in the South. But that legit was their complaint, like at mm-hmm. the city hall meeting of just, we don't want this push for agriculture and this push for chickens. No one's going to argue we don't want kids to learn these things. But their argument is just, no, this is taking us back to what our parents lived through. Or our and grandparents. What, and our grandparents and what we saw. And it's just that it's a tillbilly and that's not what the dream was. The dream was that we were supposed to work our whole damn lives and that we were going to live in this big, beautiful community with these things. And, and I don't stuff. want goddamn chickens in my backyard. And I don't want my neighbor to have chickens in the backyard. Yeah, right. like it legit is is their, what they have said. And, and what they don't realize is that the pendulum has swung. It has swung back. And it's because of everything that we have seen. It will. It, it was making that way to begin Absolutely. with. But the COVID shit and the government overreach and the government making so many decisions that I think anybody that – I think that there are opinions, of course, on both ends of the spectrum. And they are legit on both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I think that overwhelmingly – the media is going to portray that it's – again, of course, it's one or the other. Right. That if if you are if you are on the liberal side, that you mean you believe this 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 and this, and then if you are on the right, you are the complete antithesis of that. I think most people are sane, and I think most people understand both sides of the coin. But I think that you know most people are going to fall they fall somewhere in the middle of course which is just like i don't like that this and this is happening and i believe you know i believe that vaccinations are important i believe that it will help do this and this to not tax our medical com- community right i believe these things but i also don't like that the government is now mandating it with the job and you know susie 
has to lose her job because she believes something different than me and chooses not to get like, I, I don't like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think most people fall somewhere in the middle. Of course. Where it's just because they are pro-vaccination doesn't mean that it's like, yeah, you should lose your job, Susie, because you're hurting the team. But there are people that are doing that. For sure. I think you that have they're- a loud, it's a minority that's loud. And who's their megaphone? Right. The media. The media. I mean, and that's what's a bummer is that it's always black or white. It's always – it's either us versus them. But I think, again, that most people fall somewhere in the middle yep. and most people can see both sides of the coin. They're like, okay, I understand this and I agree with this, but like this is kind of shitty. Right. And I think that most people are starting to – understand and that's why again it's people are disillusioned and disheartened and frustrated and exhausted like because the last two two years have just been so much of the government showing their hand mm-hmm. and doubling down on the perpetuation of the machine and people being at odds with each other or having the facade that everyone's at odds with each other like it's all these things but i think that most people can see what's going on and it will be interesting it'll be interesting for their generation for the kids yeah because they are watching the same way that we watched our parents which is just okay mom and dad both work in the home and we are in this six bedroom home and nobody is actually at our home because they're both working to continue to perpetuate this element of consumerism right. and they have stuck me in front of a TV with a bag of Doritos, right? right? It's that was us. It's, it's going to be interesting from their perspective to watch our generation. How do they swing? Where do they swing? Right. What's the direction? Of like they when, go? you know, and, and COVID being written around about in the history books because people, you know, people that are living it think like, oh, well, the, you know, this is what's going to get talked about. It's like. How often did we talk about the Spanish flu? Yeah. No, I know. Never. No, but like for sure, no, it's, it, this know. is a pivotal moment in our society, not yeah. because of the virus. That's the culprit, right? It's a pivotal moment in our society because we have hit a hard stop sure. on how we have lived our lives in the mechanism of our economy. and No, my, my, my point of the Spanish flu comment wasn't the virus of the Spanish flu. No. I, I would be very, very interested what what, what did come. Yeah, what right. was the economics like? How, what, what, how, were the pe- how did the people do Exactly. Because here's they the that? problem. And if we've talked about this, is since the beginning of time, we're the same and we're equally different. That's what's so hard. Right. Human humans are the same since since time. That's why it's like, oh, kids these days. It's like, bitch, kids these days are the same way, grandma, baby boomer, that they were when you were a kid. Right. The difference is the resources. The difference is the environment. It's the ultimate nurture versus nature concept. Right. Is you can take the child that's born today and have them play in the dirt with sticks. And it's going to be the equivalent of a child playing in the dirt with sticks from 200 years ago. Yeah. If if that's the way it, it's the environment that has changed. It's, but and that again, why I beef with baby boomers is the refusal to acknowledge the fact that our circumstances as parents are not the same that yours were. You had challenges, yeah, and there were things, but we're dealing with different animals, yeah, and we're trying our best, and we're dealing with it in real time. Like you know, back then, I guarantee you that our grand. Our grandparents told our parents, you sit in your kid in front of the TV. They're going to rot their brains. This is going to be a problem. The same way that 
the boomers now are like, oh yeah, give, give your two-year-old the tablets going to rot their brain. It's like, no, but we do now. The difference is, is we now have that media, the digitized world that we live in yeah. with us 24 sure. seven and it is causing problems and there's lots of different things, but like the world in which we live is not the same. Yep. It is and it isn't. Mm-hmm. We're the same people. Yeah, the species is not going to evolve that fast. No, but our circumstances, the way in which the environment has shifted has just rocketed since we were children. Definitely. And that is, it's it's difficult, but it's, it's we have essentially as a society, again, we've we put a hard stop on like, whoa, the way that we have been living for the last since since world war ii right since there was just there was an understanding back in the day and that's probably why they have the term the greatest generation is their generation's nickname right Right. is because forever it was just there were certain just social contracts that existed that was the way of life yeah which is that the mom stays home and she takes care of the kids but that's not an inferior job Right. It's that it's equally important because she can sew the buttons and mend the clothes and cook the food mm-hmm. and that the man's job is to go off and make the money. Mm-hmm. And that's not more important or less important. Like they, they have different roles, but they are of equal value. Right. Correct. And then and, and it's just because these... all we did was just replace the men go out and get the meat. Yeah. With the man goes out and has the buying right makes money, money right, right. It's, money was is for food right right it's right the, when, it, when it really mattered it was just the food the right. men went and got food mm-hmm. and the women mm-hmm. made sure that everything else was taken care of right right and 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 woman was equally important right and and everybody could just handle their shit right and that's why it seemed as the good old days and then we have this perpetuation of consumerism and this playing with psychology that we stick radios and TVs in front of every household, and then it's it's you're a, you're a wife, and you deserve a toaster because yep. you work hard and you're, you need your life to be easier. Well, so, and your husband yeah. deserves to have food faster, right? It's, right, it's right. whatever plays on that, right? right. But it's the, then we perpetuated this consumerism, and right. as and like you so eloquently put in our history lesson, is that essentially you perpetuate this idea that you become cogs in a wheel and it's this removal from a self-reliant type of society that we have existed from since the beginning of time yeah and we have so we've done that now since what 1960s 1970s right where it's so many things went into play but it's we have lived in this consumerism society for so long and now all of a sudden we've hit a hard stop with right. covid which is just we're going to completely shut down consumerism in the economy and everyone go hide in your homes and now again it's we are at a pivotal again i don't think the history books are going to write us in terms of like the virus it's no. that we stopped yep and the government's like oh just kidding just kidding come back and everyone's like no like i the distrust of the government Mm-hmm. is as strong as it was, if not more so, in during Vietnam and, and Watergate and all these things, right? Is Because re- history does nothing but repeats itself over and over and over again because we're the same that we've been since the beginning of time. Right. But go ahead. You have something to say. I can see it. Oh, yeah. Because there's one thing that's exactly what you're talking about. And this is kind of where it tries to bookend this conversation, which is it's what you do next that matters most. 
not to anyone other than your own family, mm-hmm. but it's your dad was taught to be a cog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. He was the cog. He did his job. Mm-hmm. What happened? What did he do when his social contract got torn up in his face when he had two kids? Mm-hmm. What did he do? He started his own business. Bingo. Yeah. But that's he what it is for everybody. Now. into his own hands and was like i am not going to rely on anyone anymore Mm -hmm. and so who does he blame he hates the government ronald reagan is a a four-letter word word. in your house and always has been and always will be Mm -hmm. but what's interesting is that your parents are are for sure true blue liberals even though i think they're all closet republicans they just don't realize (laughs) it (laughs) but but they're liberals. So it's, it's, and what it is, is that I think they're liberals because they are liberals socially. Yeah. They just believe that socially people should be allowed to, you can be gay or you can do these things, whatever. And they want to make sure that if there's poor people, they can get, get some help or whatever, like yeah. these, these basic things. But economically, like your dad is not. No. And, and, and the fact he does is, not believe in- but he never would have built his own business. Mm-hmm. He never would have just said, well, you know what? Fuck the government and fuck everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this myself mm-hmm. and I'm going to control my own destiny mm-hmm. until he had his social contract torn in front of him. Mm-hmm. And that is what you are seeing. I was going to say, that's what's happening in real time right now. And that's it. And so it's going to be, it's what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Is that there's lots of people that you know that didn't leave their house, didn't leave their apartment. Legit. That only that don't leave. They get the food delivered to them. Now you can't you can't leave your house to go even go get the food that someone else is making. Now you need to have that food brought to you. It's like they're adding, like you said, adding amendments to the social contract. It's like they dependence. are extending the dependence to an nth degree. It's an insane amount of dependence. Mm-hmm. And so it's what do you do next? How do you take shit into your own hands? And that is the thought exercise. That is how do you change it? Because the reality is, is that if you want to fight the good fight and go against the man and try and change how schools do things and try and change this or change that, go for it. Try to fight that fight. But the fact is, is that what can you control? You can control what's happening in your own house. Ripped up in your face. Ultimately, we don't know what we were saying. The school bus just showed up. It was like noon or whatever. Yeah, it's Sunday. At the door. It's very strange. Anyway. I questioned the day. It is. Was lost Amy was having a crisis. And I was feeling really confident about the book end of this. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that it's, it's what you do next that matters. Oh, so if you want to be the somebody that goes and fights the good fight and go into government and challenge it and try and make schools different and try and change all these things, God bless you. Good for you. Mm-hmm. But you can control what happens in your family. Mm-hmm. If you know that the geometry and the algebra and the adjectives and adverbs are getting taken care of in school. Mm-hmm. Good. You don't need to be responsible for that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about whether that fucking matters or not. Listen, grammar it, is important. And it bothers me so much. Emails. Like, I can't. Indeed. Adults in emails. Right. Sorry. But mm-hmm. communication is done well verbally. And there's lots of nonverbal. And it doesn't matter. Okay. The fact is, is that there's people that I interact with 
face to face that I can understand what they're saying. I know what they're talking about, but if they text me, good God, I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> I literally have no clue what they're trying to, and we're talking and there's people that we work with that when they text 95% of the time you come to me and go, um, so I just got a text from so-and-so and I actually don't know what he's saying. And I look at it and I go, yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. Like if they text every third word that they think. Yes. It's like, oh, oh, I have no idea what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is that, yeah, grammar, that's high up on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs items. I know, but. The home yeah. can be a place where you then actually do something the fuck about it. Well, and I think, again, talk about like. So surround yourselves with people that either have the skills that you want to have or have the skills that you want your kids to have. Right. To learn. And I think that. Because this is one thing. Sorry, I'll finish. You're in. It's it's the reality. Because the people that say, use us, for example, with the chickens. Mm -hmm. If someone came to us and said, we want to learn about the chickens. Mm -hmm. Will you show us, Mm -hmm. teach us, talk to us about the chickens? We 100% of the time will say, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We would be happy to. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't realize because we are taught so much to isolate and just mm-hmm. keep your head down. And- but and that it's it, what's so goofy about the chickens is um, people will be like, oh, it's like, oh, you've killed them yourself. And we're like, yeah. They're like, oh, you know, no, I'm just, I'm happy someone else kills them for me. And then I, I, I just go and eat it. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I do not take joy in the murder of the chicken. Some people do. That's not me. I hate it. Right. The reason that I've done it, the reason I expose my boys to it is because it's, I don't want to be that because when, sh- if, and when shit does hit the fan, mm-hmm. it's just foundational skills that I don't want my boys to be like, okay, well, I always get the chicken from the store and now there's no more chicken at the store. What do we do? It's just, no, they have a base knowledge of like, okay, if we, you know, if this becomes a zombie apocalypse and we have to like build campfires and become a nomadic culture again, if I can find a chicken, I can kill it. I can defeather it and I can debowel it Mm. and we can eat it. And this is like, it's, but there's just too many people just like, no, well I'm happy because it's, it's comfort and it's, they're, they're accustomed to a certain way. But again, it's, well, there's been a hard stop. Mm-hmm. And just the comforts, I think the question that is in a lot of people's minds is just the comforts that we've had. Should we be as comfortable as we are? Right. Should it be as easy to obtain things? And granted, our generation looks at things from like an ethical perspective, a sustainable perspective of like, right. should it be as easy as it is to get a dozen eggs for 99 cents? Is that because what does that mean? Yeah. That means that it's mono agriculture. It means that these tor- chickens are being tortured to death. It means this like, and it's, mm, we don't like that. But even like outside of an ethical perspective mm-hmm. is just, again, the hierarchy of need, the foundation of things. And I think from the beginning, the foundation of learning begins and ends in the home. And I think the perpetuation of consumerism has also taken that away 
because it's no, 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 no. Be a cog on the wheel, consume, 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 be a part of the machine. And now mom and dad, you need to work, which means you're not taking home at home, taking care of your kids, which means you're not teaching them, but don't worry. We're the government. We'll handle it. Send them to school. We'll teach them everything that they need to know. Mm -hmm. And that for sure, again, was what happened to us when we were kids. Correct. And then we grow up and it's like, actually, you said you were supposed to teach us the shit that we needed to know. And that our, because our parents, and see, that's what's so different. I'm going to end it, I promise. You're giving me a look. But it's, a lot of people are leaving um, the education sector right now, overwhelmingly, right? Because of the parents. Because parents are psychotic. Right. And I think that our parents are like, God, we were just so happy to get rid of our kids so we could go to work. School was the babysitter. That it's just like, all we were told is just, don't piss off your teachers. If you get in trouble, then you're going to be in trouble at home. And it didn't matter what the circumstances were. It's just, I don't care what the school teaches my kid. Just take them because they're going to they're gonna raise my kids for me because now I have to be in, at work, right? Yeah. I don't and, have time to teach them sex ed. Right. And so, and, and, and that's what we were. And we were raised by the school. By the government. By the government, essentially. And, na- and then we're like, okay, well, everyone's told us that we need, to, we need to stay in the school and we need to get good grades and we need to go to college and that's all that matters. And again, it's our social contract of that agreement, which is that if we do these things, if we suffer through school and we make good grades and we do the things we don't want to do, we get to go to a good college. Yep. And if we go to a good college, that means that we're going to get a job and we're going to make a whole lot of money because that's all that matters. And then we're going to get to have nice things. And that we're going to be happy for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we had the social contract ripped up in front of us. And it's like, oh, just kidding. Actually, the bottom's going to fall out in 08. And you all are going to have to go live back with your parents. And these degrees that you have in art history are not going to matter. No toilet paper will mean more. Yes. And that um, you're going to need to go and work at the Home Depot and live in your parents' basement. And oh, by the way, you have a quarter of a million dollars in debt that you need to pay off. Mm -hmm. So like the social contract got ripped up for us way before COVID. And so we're like, well, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. We need to do our own things. And then we get COVID that strikes us. And we are now in the position of the buying power. And now that's, again, when you're starting to see this transition of things. But again, it's... And I think that that's why the parents are different nowadays and parents are shitty and I get that. And that's a whole other podcast of why teachers and administrators are leaving education, but it's, I would happily share my opinions on that. I, yes, but it's as opposed to our parents that were just like, God, take my kids. I don't care what you teach them. They're just going to be in trouble. Anything that you say that like they've gotten in trouble at school, they'll be in trouble at home because I just need you to keep them there mm-hmm. is now you're starting to see this shift where it's like, no, the foundation of our Maslow's hierarchy of needs needs to begin in the home. That's why you see this massive return to like homeschooling, which is God, the government schools are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's my job. Like there becomes more of an understanding that it's like, it's not the school's job to teach. They're going to teach certain things. Yep. Right? And they're going to teach you how to do... They're going to teach you how how to to best exist in in, the machine. Right. In the machine, in society, which has its benefits. We'll go into that in another podcast. But it's like the basic things on how to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and how to be able to stand on your own two feet, how to sew a goddamn button, right? how to cook the food, how to do these things, teaching them about sex, all these things should be the responsibility of the parent. But I don't have time. 
I know that. But that's but that's again why you're starting to see this so how do you fix that? societal shifts. So how do you fix that then? If the answer is I don't have time to teach my kid all this shit, how do you fix that? Because you told me the other day. I did. Oh yeah. God, you're putting me on the spot. That's I don't okay. Know if I have the right answer, think about it. How do you fix it? If someone says I don't have the time to teach my kids, well, why don't you, you have, have the time? Be- well, because I have to work. I have to go to go to work. Okay. Will you and your husband both work? Mm-hmm. Or you well, and your you yeah. and your wife both work? Is it that you have to really reassess your circumstances? Is right. is the need for things has gotten the the word need has gotten gravely misconstrued in today's society mm-hmm. of what you need and right. what you need versus what you want and what you're accustomed to. Right. There's been a hell of a lot of sacrifices that our family has had to make mm-hmm. by being on one income. But and I'm doing, not saying that that's any, by doing any of the things that we right. chose to do. And that's not the, the case for everybody. But they're, the decisions that we have made, because it has always been important to us, is that the foundation. And I think every parent has those intentions of like wanting their kid to have good foundations, have good beginnings, sure. be well-rounded, all these things. But it's like, again, the, the COVID shit and the economy shutting down put a hard stop on everything. Everybody had to look at like, shit. Like we are so reliant on X, Y, and Z. And now the, so again, the social contract got ripped up and now we have to pivot and you're starting to see changes where it's the understanding of the basics yep. is becoming important again. Everyone has to make sacrifices. Everyone, mm-hmm. no matter what their circumstances they've made, everyone makes certain circ- um, sacrifices throughout their life. Very rarely, as we've seen, are there moments in our lives, right? We'll probably get three or four that are done to us by the economy and by the government on average. That's going to force a stop, reassessment, then move forward. Mm -hmm. And at that time that you stop and reassess, it's literally a moment that you can say, these things were once important. And this is what I built my life around. Mm-hmm. Are they still important? Mm-hmm. Yes or no. Depending on that answer is what you do next. Mm-hmm. And I think lots of folks where it was like, the things are really important. This is what matters. This is what matters. And then there's something that slaps you in the goddamn face. Mm-hmm. And then you have to stop and mm-hmm. say, was the things important or mm-hmm. are there other things That's that are why, now more important to me? And again, and this now is, I have to adjust. There, and, and, this is another, and this is another podcast episode, but it's like one of the main problems right now is like a, a, an obscene percentage of the workforce is leaving the workforce. Right. Why? It's because of this reassessment of like, Bingo. this is what I've done forever. And I have now looked at things and the things that were once important are no longer important. And I hate this and I'm leaving. Because you don't have a choice until yeah. you have more than one option. Yes. It was the best advice that I ever got, right, from Unky Hiram was that early on we were looking as I was applying to big kid jobs and mm-hmm. things like that. And we got a contract. Mm-hmm. The first time we ever got a real contract for me to have a real job. And so I immediately called him because that's what you do. Right. You should call Unky Hiram when you have big life decisions to make. You should still should. This is good advice still. Correct. God bless that man. There's, and there's going to be people that everyone has in their lives that are like this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I'm very sorry that you don't. But the reality is you call Hiram when there's big decisions to make. And I said, well, I got a contract, but it's for this much and blah, 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 and this, that. And he goes, do you have more than one? More than one what? Offer. More than one contract. Well, no. He goes, and then you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. He goes, you have to have more than one option in order to be able to have a choice. Mm-hmm. He goes, until you have more than one offer, 
He goes, you just go with what you know. And that's it. You've brought up many times before that one of the biggest problems that we have right now that parents have to deal with, especially with young kids raising this next generation, is that there's too many goddamn options. Mm -hmm. There's too many options. It's more work now to get your kid to go play in the dirt with a stick Mm -hmm. than ever to any time before Mm -hmm. because there's so many options that are available. Mm -hmm. And my answer to you the other day was then just take away the options. Mm And that's obviously way more simple said than it is done. Mm-hmm. But the point of it is, is that one of the things that I used to tell my boys at Fishburn all the time was if you choose to go into the military, it's not because you couldn't get into college. Mm-hmm. I have no problem if that's what you want to go do. You want to go work infantry or you want to go enlist. But don't say that this is your only option. Because you can't get into school. That's used to kill me. It's like, well, I'm, I'm never going to get into college. So I just, I'm going to have to enlist. And it's like, that's bullshit because mm-hmm. you always have a choice. Mm-hmm. And that I think is what it is, is that the wool that was over everyone's eyes is people that people are realizing that they have a choice. Now. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that is what the assessment, the reassessment is all about. And you're lucky if you're 18, mm-hmm. you're lucky, honestly, if you're 30 and you have the opportunity to do a hard reset reassessment of saying this was once told to me mm-hmm. that this was important. There are now options. And that was always the deadliest thing, right? For anyone, right? We work, I work in an industry that sells a lot of software as a service, right? SaaS software as a service. And the reality is, is that most people will just keep the same software. They'll keep the same insurance salesman. They'll keep the same auto insurance until Something happens. Mm -hmm. They're never going to leave if they're happy. Mm -hmm. But if something happens that causes someone to be unhappy, Mm -hmm. what do they start doing? They start looking. Yep. And they look. And once they realize that they have options, now you no longer sit in this fat and happy, like no big deal. Someone's going to always auto renew. I'm going to call my insurance. I don't don't even need to call. I don't even need to call these people. Mm -hmm. They've been with us for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Why would they ever leave? Mm -hmm. Something happens. The economy drops. Something happens that causes them to look and they go, whoa, I've been overpaying. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And I now want to look. And once there's options in the game, the game literally changes. And that is what we're seeing. That's what's happening in real time. Yep. The game is changing very, very rapidly. So you either stay cog in the wheel Mm -hmm. and play the same game. If the game that you're playing is working, then my God, why would you change it? But But when the social contract gets ripped up. If your contract gets ripped up. time to renegotiate. That's it, right? These are great ways of looking at it. Is that that is what it is. But most people is they they find themselves stuck of just being fed. They're the baby bird that just is used to being fed all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't want, right? It's I, I, I don't want to keep being don't fed this. Or, or, or yeah, I'm very happy. I have no reason. Like, why would I, why would I rock the boat? I'm very happy where I'm at. But I think less people are feeling that are feeling happy about what their situation is and you literally have options in every single thing that you do and no one can tell you otherwise that's why we've seen very extreme examples of where it's like it's no matter how you feel about it people being like i'm not taking the goddamn vaccine Mm -hmm. and it's like 
well, why do you hate people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, bitch, that's called a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a choice. Yeah. And it's, but that's always, everyone always has a choice. Right. It's just what the repercussions are. And are you willing to handle those? Yeah. It's interesting. But again, I just, I think that as our generation of continually having the social contracts, we have, we have now, again, had in your life when you have the black swan events, when you have these big events, we now have two pretty significant, significant significant that, and we're in our thirties from when the bottom fell out in 08 and we're saddled with student loan debt and had to go live back with their parents. And now with COVID, which is, we are in jobs, but we have little kids at home and COVID has shut down everything. And what do we do next? Like these are two to where for sure we were already raised with like the, you can be anything and you can do anything and you, you go to college and the, the world is your oyster type thing. Yeah. Where as opposed to baby boomers, which is just thinking they only had one choice, which is just, I have to go work in the mill. This is what my father and his father before him did period. Right. This is what you do is we are like, listen, we've got choices and we're sick of the bullshit and we're sick of the way that things have been because it is serving us negatively. Yeah. We suffered through school. We suffered through college. We're saddled with debt. And now we got kids and we are losing our jobs again and we have to be at home. Like it's, we're going to start doing shit differently. Yep. And so our generation, now that we have the purchasing power and are, are in the position that we're in, society is shifting greatly. Mm-hmm. And it will continue. But it doesn't have to... I, again, there's a perpetuation by the media that the world is terrible and we're all going to die tomorrow. And that's their job, right? Doom and gloom. That's their job. That's what sells. And they just want you to get back to normal. Right, right, right. But it's our generation is like, bitch, we hate normal. Yeah. Normal sucks. And normal's right. never worked for us. We're going to start doing things differently. Right. Yeah. The Black Swan events are going to come. Yeah. Right. Like I said, it, the government is going to supply a few yeah. because there's going to be depressions and things like that that happen on average every. about every 10 to 12 years. Yeah. Right. Like it's going to happen like it's the 80s. And then there was the the, the dot com bubble, bubble bursted burst. in the 90s. Yeah. There's the housing crisis in the 2000s. Like it's yeah. it's it's consistent here, folks. It's yeah. every 10 to 12 years. It's going to happen. But there's also black swan events that happen in your life anyway. And when you look at it, it's like a major black swan event for us was going to where we had our home for sale. We sold our cars. We've talked about it before. And we were going to move internationally. Mm -hmm. And the thing that happened that no way we ever could have anticipated is that bottom fell out. Mm -hmm. What did we do next? What did we do? We started a business. We immediately became entrepreneurs. That is true. We immediately said, fuck this noise of moving everywhere for fucking jobs and uprooting our family and moving states and moving goddamn countries almost. For jobs, for someone for else, someone else. Yep. for someone else's opportunity that they could just fucking pull out or been a goddamn liar the whole time. It doesn't, you don't actually know what the situation was. All you know is it didn't work out and you were about to be up shit's creek. Mm-hmm. So how do you double down? How do you take care of it? So you know what? Fuck the noise. Fuck the man. I'm going to control my own destiny mm-hmm. because once we did that, 
it made when COVID came. And we just went even further in on our business. Would help us be even more successful. And self-reliant. That's it. The antithesis of what And then the government's like, oh, well, food's really fucking expensive and we can't, and you can't buy it or whatever. And we're like, well, then fuck that then. We know exactly what to do here. Right. We're going to start getting easier. our own food. Right. It made it easier. We'll have our own chickens. And so everyone's going to like, oh, something's going to happen again. It's going to be a depression. Like all the money is going to go away. And it's like, well, what if you get fired? It's like, yeah. who the, who cares? Yeah. Who cares if we get fired? Because I know exactly what I'll do. Yeah. We know what our plan is. But it's because our social contract has gotten strained so much that it's just like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the things that allow us to be successful. But that's what some people in droves are doing right now. Exactly. And yeah. so that's why it just it hit me there with the idea of your dad. It's, it's he opened his business. But that's when you asked us like, well, when we didn't go to Austria, what did we do? And I'm thinking, I'm like. Uh, I cried. I cried a whole lot. I was, I was, I was broken emotionally. And yes, physically. and yeah. my identity was ruined. And no, but then it was it, is, it was a we, reassessment. Yeah, we we reassessed, and then we started the business. Yeah, you're right. So it's just, yeah. It's, it's this is a long episode, but it all comes down to being able to the skills that you want to learn. Yeah. Fucking learn them. Yeah. And if you have the opportunity to be lucky enough, thank God for COVID. Yeah, yeah. If there's ever been a time to reassess your shit, right. it's now. Right. And <laughs> make those decisions of what you choose to do next based off what you actually want to do and not what is being told to you to do. But you, yeah. Don't listen to us. You have choices. Don't listen to the media. Yeah. You have choices. It's up to you to decide what those choices are and then actually take action on them and see what happens next. Go talk to grandpa. Yeah. They aren't dementia ridden. Go ask them about growing up and do what they did. Test it out. Yeah. Because they got some they got some valuable shit that's about to go by the wayside. You can find us on social media for at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. Find us on Instagram at, at it's possible vs that's v is in victory s is in sam at it's possible vs you can also find us on facebook at it's possible virtual solutions you can find john at on instagram at jbanksfl and you can find amy on instagram at amy.m.fairbanks that's a i m e e .m.fairbanks on instagram if you're interested in being able to uh, talk to us more about some different things that you have going on, you'd love to be able to get our input and be able to have us possibly come in and work with you and help you with the things that you have going on, shoot us an email at info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. That's info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.